Welcome everyone to Framecast number 21. Today we are talking about a very recent topic because yesterday Google Stadia launched. And as described by our um, amazing uh, news journal this morning, they were talking about game streaming is the future of gaming. How do you feel about that? Is it really? Sorry. Sorry, I, evidently I just blanked. What? What did they say? Game streaming is the future of gaming. It's like, this is the... As someone that has lived with, like, technology throughout my entire life, I've been playing video games since I was seven years old. I understand the whole way the internet works and everything. Mm. I cannot comprehend how game streaming will take off right like mm -hmm. i would much rather be that one what you call nerd that actually has a computer and game consoles than that one tiny little box that plugs into the back of the tv that allows me to stream whenever i want mm -hmm. no i think that the the idea that they're putting forward if you if you tell it to people, makes a lot of sense when they are not into games. When you say, "Hey, remember when you needed to insert a physical disc, and now you don't." Now imagine that you know how you just stream videos from Netflix. You just have that live connection, and you play it on other people's servers. You don't need a computer. It's like they'll probably be like, mm, "Yeah, it makes sense," but. Aside from the, the launch problems that Stadia obviously has, ha has had, um, which we want to talk about today, uh, there are some very crucial fundamental issues with uh, this entire idea of game streaming. First and foremost, what you're talking about, the ownership of your own computer, of your own hardware. Yeah. I, fi yeah, I find already that when I'm... Uh, I've become part of like Xbox Live and PS4 and Plus and whatever. And like at first it's like, okay, you have to do it. And then you get all these games. You're like, oh my God, that's so cool. I get all these games. But now I've started to realize that once I stop paying, I lose all these games. So yeah. I might as well buy them. So then whenever the service goes down or where, whenever I don't have any money, I can still have my games. So yeah, you already said that you were like you'd rather be the nerd owning the computer than giving up all the hardware. Well, like I normally I actually have them on my shelves behind me, but like mm -hmm. typically I would have these two bookcases completely full of DVDs. Right. Mm -hmm. However, Loz has convinced me that I should have my models more on display than my DVDs, and thus my DVDs are still in the storage containers that I used when I moved. But the, the big thing is that there have been so many instances where I've not had an internet connection because I've moved or just there's just an outage or whatever. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm bored out of my skull. I got nothing to do. So I would just get DVDs. I just shove on a movie, right? I remember when I moved just before the release of what's the name of the. Fortuna, no, not Fortuna. Planes of Eidolon in Warframe. Mm -hmm. I had, no, I didn't have the internet for like two plus weeks. I ended up spending nearly the entire time playing the crap out of Dead Cells. I love that game. I think that game is f 
phenomenal and it's got so much replay value and that was only because i was not online funny story and then what's called mm-hmm. we'll go back to stadia i would tether my phone to my mm-hmm. pc because basically there was a screw up and steam ate the install of dead cells i tethered my phone to my pc and then downloaded the entirety of dead cells via my phone mm-hmm. right which took over three gig of Damn. data and as a result i could no longer um use my mobile data for the remainder of that month just so i could play dead cells so i just had something to do for two weeks yeah dude like that honestly that's crazy i feel I honestly feel when when it came to the introduction of online play, I grew up with games getting the first online features, and um, I found it to be really cool that you were able to like play against other players. You were able to get updates. You'd be able to like insert a disc and it would download. And damn, like if you if someone if a friend of yours bought something on the on their PlayStation account and then they signed in on your PlayStation, you could download their games as well. How cool was that? Yeah. But what I've discovered recently is when I got my hands on the original Xbox for the subscription video and when I got my hands on my old Pokemon Pearl game and I was like, "Mm, let me go play this again. Online doesn't last. It's really crappy at lasting. So what you find with Xbox Live on the original Xbox is gone. So any game that, that was supporting of online features that doesn't work anymore. You can't go online. And then secondly, when you go to like like a Nintendo Wii or a or a or a DS where millions of people have these things, games like Mario Kart or Pokemon Pearl which have online trading or have like Pokemon Pearl has got Pokemon that are locked behind evolutions when you trade them with people. And the only way to trade them is by using the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection which has been disabled. So, honestly, I don't like the idea of the subscription thing versus owning. I think that it's a very clear-cut case of if you look at it in the moment, it might seem like a very good deal because instead of like buying a movie, I can give 5 or $10 or whatever it is to Netflix and I can get access to a lot of things. Um, but in the long run you're probably going to be either more expensive of or maybe not. But at the end of the day, you won't own anything. <laughs> so I don't think that there's much... Uh, there is much uh, contest between that. I think we both kind of agree that we'd rather own than subscribe. Yeah, but I, I just want to highlight that I want to own for a different reason. So right now, mm-hmm. we have Google Stadia's um, online gaming subscription. There were so many alternatives that were coming out. Like there was one called OnLive, which was this black and orange box for the longest time. And then that just ceased to exist because mm-hmm. they could not get the infrastructure. No matter what, I am... 99% sure that Google is going to be making a loss on this. Mm-hmm. Right? I think, if anything, they're going to be doing this to tie services together. So you'll have 
you know, maybe YouTube and Google Stadia tie together so you could actually record your gameplay straight off of the Google Stadia straight onto YouTube, or you could stream it straight from Stadia onto YouTube and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I think that's a clever idea. But in all honesty, how, like, you know, originally there was just Steam and mm-hmm. then there was Origin and then there was Uplay and then there was. Um, there were so many more and now there's the epic game store which is pretty much the uh only viable <laughs> competitor to steam you know mm-hmm. how long is, you know do you know that steam's just released the uh, streamed local play uh, i've heard something about that but i don't know is that that you can oh you know how we wanted to play Overcook together, but Overcook was not online. Oh yeah, I've heard about this. That you can, yeah, yeah, the, yeah I see. Okay, explain. Yeah. Well, so basically, if there is a local multiplayer game that you want to play with your friends but you can't, Steam has introduced or is in the process of introducing. They 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 did a a video in not not collaboration. But um, Markiplier and two of his friends, Jacksepticeye and someone, Bob, I don't know Bob, um, they ended up doing a online local play of a game that was only local play. And they streamed it and everything. And they said that the reaction time was very smooth, mm-hmm. right? But, like, I, I th- yeah, great, thumbs up, amazing. But what kind of bandwidth are you talking about here? So let's talk about let's talk about bandwidth because um, there has been some issues surrounding the launch of Google Stadia. But yep. one of the main things already is that when Google Stadia, when when they're talking at Google about what this thing will be, of course the lag, the bandwidth between like what will be. Uh, where you will be playing and like where your server will actually be like hosting your game. There's a distance between that that needs to be crossed and it needs to be crossed pretty much in lifetime. And that's going to cost a lot of bandwidth to enable that. Well, one of the things that they've said about that is that, well, um, when they were questioned about, well, how, where will this bandwidth be? Like you, you have a hard time even like streaming an entire, um, Netflix movie at full quality. How the hell? How the hell do you expect people to like have this bandwidth? And Google replied to that saying, "When once, once Stadia releases and people start using it, ISPs, internet service providers, will see that there there is this need for higher bandwidth, and they'll open up higher bandwidth." That's like the world's biggest pile of horse manure it really really is because that's not how it works right especially in the uk right in the uk we have one company that lays down all the lines right Mm -hmm. they are called open reach now a customer cannot talk to open reach open reach only deal with other internet service providers right so if I want bandwidth, so if I want fiber, I have to get my internet service provider to turn to OpenReach and say, hey, 
my customers want fiber in this area, right? And then it's up to open reach whether or not they do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that is something which is the same in my country, where even though I live in one of the most densely populated areas of the Netherlands, we do not have fiber yet. And my grandparents that live pretty much in like a, 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 what is it, like a small town village in the countryside, they got fiber with their new house. Not everyone yeah. will get it because it's like a long, costly process to do. But at the same time, um, in the U.S., Google was trying to roll out Google Fiber. I know of a couple of people that have gotten it. Basically, it's Google's internet servers where they provide you with fiber. And that has been fought really, really hard in a, by internet service providers to prevent Google from rolling it out because they don't want Google to offer that option. So at first, that I find that a little bit naive. But let's go take a look at... Some of the problems, because not every not, and not everything, um, okay, <laughs> because not everything has been uh, has been going really smoothly on day one. Google Stadia launched this Monday, yesterday, and um, on day one, so from the launch, they've already disabled the support for 4K HDR 5.1 surround sound uh, on uh, the PC. Uh, on PC Chrome, so so they say on day one, PC Chrome gameplay won't support 4K HDR or 5.1 surround sound. Those features will be added in 2020 for PC gamers. So, I would I would I would say that personally, the 4K, the HDR, 5.1 surround, they're kind of top end things. But the fact that they were promised and they're not introduced right on day one is already an indication that this is a really tough kind of project which i don't know whether they can really take on the way that they have promoted it yeah 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 no i completely agree with this and i think one of the the biggest i i, I know where they're coming from i don't know why they think that a platform like okay i want to do a poll mm -hmm. right i want to do a poll right now I want to ask our audience, do you have any interest in Google Stadia for the foreseeable future? Now, I'm not talking about a year's time from now or five years time from now, because we don't honestly know. They might turn around and get some amazing exclusive. I'm talking about right now, do you have any interest in getting Google Stadia? Right? Because I sure as hell don't. I don't have the bandwidth for it. Right, mm -hmm. you know, I moved to the city center and I'm stuck on ADSL too. Right, mm -hmm. so I'm gonna no, I'm ah, I, good. Good I, job putting the maybe. I'm quite, I'm quite interested to see as well how people will react. Do know that we have a lot of people that are very um, avid about gaming. I would assume, uh, but I'm seeing a big resounding nose. One thing that was also offered uh, offered in chat um, was. A very crucial fact that you're not like you're paying for the subscription to use Google Stadia to use their hardware, but that subscription doesn't include their games. You need to sorry, buy the sorry, games sorry, at full sorry. price. What? Okay, so you pay subs your subscription to Google Stadia to use their hardware, okay? But you gotta buy their the games full price to play them on Google Stadia. Screw that. Absolutely categorically 
screw that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I oh, I'm buy a damn PC. Come on. Like I'm sorry, that 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 has this PC, mm. right, the one I've currently got has lasted me nearly ten years. It'll mm. be ten years next year. Or it'll be ten years next November. Right? I built it in two thousand and ten after I got my degree. And like this is a huge result. Right, okay. How much have I spent on this? I wanna know how much I have spent on this PC over the course, mm-hmm. right? So I know. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to count the monitors. I'm just well, talking about. The while you're figuring it out, I'm I'm going to take a look. We that, that, in the poll, we got a resounding no. We don't even have someone saying maybe. Everyone is like, no, I'm not interested. And Mika asks, what's the advantages of having it then? It's really stupid. Just get a PC, console, or anything else that's more reliable. The idea behind it is that if you are not avid about gaming, or even if you are, if you want to have a good machine, you're going to have to pay out at least between the 300 to the $1,000 mark, they would say, if you want to have a good experience for a great console or a great gaming machine. But yeah. if you don't have the money, then how great would it be if you could just take your phone or take your TV and just have a Google dongle to that, where which you use for chromecast or whatever and then connect like have the stadia controller and then just play games just as you would on this high-end thing like that's their idea that which they're selling one thing i'd like to do is i would like you mm-hmm. and i'd like our audience to do a speed test.net i'll, I'll do it as well well i can't right, right. now because i'm streaming <laughs> well i don't know how much it'll impact the stream well, I mean, we could at least ask our audience to do yeah. it, right? I would like to see um, what people's bandwidths are like, mm-hmm. right? So simply, um, I, I'm going to run it right now. So I might turn to garbage. I apologize for yeah. a sheer moment. I'll run right, it. I'm, so... I'll run mine on the second computer. Ah, sounds like a good plan. Yeah. So, I mean, as you're streaming, mm-hmm. hopefully it won't have too much of an impact. But yeah. I might start sounding like a robot. So far, you're fine. So far, you're fine. We shall see. But they actually, they also have ways of combating the uh, the low bandwidth with people, which I want to talk about after we get the results in, uh, because that's also a really interesting way that they're going about it. So, so far, I have a ping of 23 milliseconds. I have a download speed of 42 megabytes, and I have an upload speed of 22 megabytes. Bits, bits, bits. not bytes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right. So you can actually share. I'm very sure. Yeah, you can share your results with people to see what your. So I'm just going to copy that. Um, so if you put the web but link, they, in... but they can't. They can't put uh, links in chat. So. Uh, okay. So let's put a poll. Right. Let's put a poll. Right. And let's say. Um, download speed less than 10 megabits per second, right? Which is like effectively one megabit per second, uh, sorry, megabyte per second. Um, then between, um, what's it called? 10 and 20, 20, 30. Um, how many, how many options can you have? Um, 
I think a couple, but let's just say 40 to 15 and 50 plus. Yeah. Because we so don't I'd want like, to I'd very much like to see what people get in terms of bandwidth. Because, like, I know I can't watch 4K videos from YouTube. I just, mm -hmm. my bandwidth cannot support it, right? And I do feel that the bandwidth of a 1080p video on YouTube, the picture quality is not that great. No. But YouTube also um, really, like, trims it down. Um, I don't know if you've seen this video, but it's a really interesting watch if you have some time. It's not a long video, but it's a recent video by uh, Marques Brownlee, MKBHD. He uploaded a video to YouTube 1,000 times. So basically what he did is he took a video, uploaded it to YouTube, then downloaded the video from YouTube that he just uploaded and re-uploaded that yeah. and did that a 1,000 times. And in the end, the video just looks horrible and you can't hear anything because that's yeah. what YouTube does to it to process it. But, yeah, um, it it does. It, it represses it. So, like, I remember, I remember years ago. So, when when we went to go see um, DE, me and Loz, and we ended up, um, oh, what's the name of the damn thing? We did 10 o'clock there live in their studio. Aiden gave, uh, uploaded 10 o'clock for me on a YouTube channel and was expecting me to download it. And the picture, it's like, it's like the, the quality was absolutely horrific, mm. right? And I said, like, this, this is my, um, so uh, Stefan Tribe was asking for the, uh, the creator. Yeah, that did, yeah. But it was absolutely terrible, she said. So like, I downloaded it and the quality was nowhere near as good. And I can't upload this, man. So I gave him my Dropbox details so he could upload it straight to Dropbox. Mm -hmm. And apparently it took hours to do because it was like 15 gig. And I'm like, yeah, that's how big an episode of 10 o'clock is. Mm -hmm. It's like 30 to 15 gig. Well, as far as we can see right here in our, in our poll, the people that are watching us live right now on stream, they have pretty high bandwidth. The, there's a lot of folks are in the 50 megabytes per second plus region. Um, which well we've only had four votes we've had four votes but so far and um like i'm i'm kind of not surprised because i would assume if the people that are watching us right now are most likely they are more invested in games and gaming and having cool hardware and just like the amazingness of like getting things a little bit better than like maybe your average consumer but still, one of the problems that, aside from bandwidth, um, Google is facing with the service is the issue of, of input lag. So the idea is, is that like if you're buying like a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse for your PC and if you want to game on it, that was a lot a long time. That was a no go because if you were to move your mouse, that would be a couple of milliseconds or seconds even with the earlier models where you would just like, you know, you move. A couple seconds later, your mouse would move, and you couldn't game on that. Now, when your server is all the way wherever, and you are playing on your couch, how long will that be? Well, Google's solution to this was to, or is to, it still is, to have an um, algorithm, an AI, um, judge on what your proposed next action might be so that they know what you're going to do before you're going to do it, 
so that they can already so so they they can eliminate input lag because they've already predicted what you're going to do in the game. How do you feel about that, Drew? AI predicting what your moves will be to minimize input lag. That's a fucking fantasy. Like the amount of hardware you would need or software you would need in order to make a good representation of the human mind to understand what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So what if, right? Like, okay, yeah, this this is this is really broad spectrum. We're comparing something to like taking cover against bullet jumping over a hurdle to go wail on the enemy, right? We're not we're, let's just go with I'm gonna move left or I'm gonna move forward, right? That's 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 the level of input we're gonna put in, right? Like I'm sorry, that's the, that is just fancy bullshit sales bollocks. It's not gonna happen. Their idea is is that like if you were to play a game like Call of Duty and you were to like you were to like shoot people, like Input lag can cause you to like shoot right past the target because you were too late. Their idea is like if you're putting your gun up to up to the enemy, like the AI can judge from like your previous actions to see where you will hit that bullet, so that even if like there is like input lag, it will still give you a headshot if you always made headshots in the past. The idea. So what we're talking aim assist, right? Kind <gasps> of. We created this newfangled technology called. Aim assist that hasn't existed for like the last two decades. Yeah, <laughs> I think it comes comes very close to the idea of um, games playing themselves for you. But yeah, so it's, the... it's, it's just like it it is complete and utter bullshit salesman talk to convince you whether like. Okay, so there's a brilliant YouTube video. I'm going to see if I can quickly find it. Mm. Um, it's called Mar.io, and it's a neural net understanding of... Ooh, um, which one did I watch? It was this one. Right, it was a neural net understanding of how Mario would complete a level. Mm. Now, I, I've, I've known loads and loads of people, so I'm going to put this in chat. I've known so many people that have turned around and said, like, you know, oh, just look at Mar.io. Like, you know, it's it's revolutionary. It will turn around and, um, what's it called? You know, if, you, if we could do this, we could build AI that predict horses winning, winning races and shit like this. Like, first off, the level of data you need to actually predict a horse winning a race is astronomical, yeah. right? You know, you do not have access to all that information unless people start giving it to you on the sly, right? Second, here's a big thing that Mar.io never worked out how to do. Move left. It <laughs> never works it out, right? This is a huge fundamental thing, right? That, you know, we learn from going outside of the box. Mm -hmm. But with Mar.io... Firmly found the box. It found the edges of the box. It traced its hand around the edge of the box. There you go. That's how I live, right? Not realizing that there's so much more space on the outside of this box. And that, in fact, there's another box. And then there's another box. 
but mm. no. And like, and this, this is, this is like, you know, I fucking get triggered on this AI. Yeah. You know, oh, like the number of people that are like, Skynet's gonna kill us all. Why? Why is Skil Skynet gonna kill us all? It's like, because humans are the problem. Why are humans the problem? It's like, because we will kill each other. So we'll build an AI to kill each aside to kill ourselves, right? Okay. So why don't we not do that? What do you mean? It's like, well, we just don't build an AI. Like, you know, when we program a calculator, we don't program it to say, right, when I want two plus two, I want you to tell me the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me the right answer. Yeah? When we build uh, what's it called? the stalker in Warframe, we don't build it to say, right, when I kill you, you actually kill me instead. Right? No. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like that. We're not going to build um, a an AI that has access to all our nuclear warheads to then say, we don't want you to fire them at us, but we secretly do. I am not very uh, skilled on the backhand of things. So I would assume that you would have certain parameters installed where it's like a thing can't do this. If you're coding the AI, if you're scripting it, it cannot do certain things. Likewise, using nuclear weapons, or if it could, using nuclear weapons against humans. Um, I do feel that there are significant um, challenges that we were coming to face with AI. As an example, if we're looking at, and I don't want to dive deep into, into this discussion because we've talked about it a couple of framecasts already, but if we're looking at YouTube... It's a system. The entire YouTube ecosystem is living around this algorithm where YouTube creators are chasing the algorithm. YouTube decides to use the algorithm to kick people off, to throw in copyright claims, to manage the entire platform because no human could manage it. But no one knows exactly what the algorithm is and what it does because it has progressed so far that people are trying to figure out what it is and they can come to some sort of idea but they don't necessarily know exactly what it is and that's just with one website right now youtube and when we look at how with the internet and the access of information that we have and the possibility the really big threat of echo chambers and tactical placement of things. Last week we talked about that people always click the very first link in their in their in their Google searches. Well, an algorithm knows that, of course. And if you were to use that information, right now it's still a human actor. And I think that the time where AI can gain sentience and like if AI can gain sentience is something where I don't have enough knowledge about, which I think is at the current foreseeable future for like the coming five years, highly unlikely. I do think that with the knowledge that a humor actor can have throughout the use of the uh, of current existing algorithms and their fast amounts of information that they can process, there are some really interesting things that can be done, which are um, which can have greater effects than without AI. And in that sense, it could be influencing people in certain ways. It could be um, one of the things um, which 
uh, I've actually, uh, I think I heard this on the Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk, but one of the things which you could do, um, I think Elon Musk said this, was is you can take a drone and you can mount a gun to it and you can have it fly around, uh, program it to fly around to find a person with facial recognition and then shoot them with the drone. You could do that with technology that's pretty much around us everywhere because we have the because there is facial recognition you have drones you can you can program it in such a way that it will fly around until it finds something and then it like fires a gun or it blows itself up uh, it's still pretty complicated to do but those are things which are already pretty easily available with right now what if a lot yeah go ahead that's that's not hard to do, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's the big thing. Everyone says like, you know, oh, it's, we we've had facial recognition for a bloody long time, mm -hmm. right? You know, we have like the whole Hollywood level. Oh yeah, we can scan your face and we can determine if you're say you who you say you are, right? You know, I mean, it's it's that that sort of shit is not hard, right? The whole thing is so. Um, I think it's Tyrannosmax. I actually turned around and said, um, well, the logic is that they've evolved and made the, uh, make the decisions to fire the nukes themselves, right? Um, humans are basically biological AI who exceed their programming. So they're not really, so it's not really any reason a mechanical one can't. But here's the big thing, right? We are an organism, an organic computer that can do what it wants, when it needs to, so on and so forth, based mm. on chemical input, right? Mm. We create our own chemical input on a macro, sorry, micro level, so that we know what we want to do, right? I am tired, I want to sleep, right? Mm. I could decide to just keep going, right? Mm. But no, I'm tired, I am going to sleep, right? Mm. That is a choice I can make. But with a computer, that we have no concept of how to artificially create want and desire, right? You know, all a computer does is react to the input we give it, mm -hmm. right? It has no understanding of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, or anything like this. Like, basically, we'd have to create fucking Ultron, right? And that is not a small undertaking. No. I think I think a part of it, uh, which I see a lot also in in the comment of humans are basically biological AI. Um, I think that the idea of computers having this will of their own, or even like the idea that we can create the same idea of intelligence which we have, is a result of people um, uh, humanizing objects so as an example um let me take out my phone which is a tiny computer in and of itself and the way that we humanize this thing is like if you've ever been on your phone and it's not it's not loading a video and it's not like loading the page you you might get angry at it if you're like if you're waiting for a very important call and the call comes and it's like a discord call and you're trying to get it and then the network is like nope not gonna work nope i'm not gonna connect you can get angry at it because why the hell would the bloody thing not work? But this is the thing. 
you're not interacting with the phone. You're interacting with the software that's been put on top of the phone. You're interacting with only this display. If you were if you were to take this phone apart, like it's really interesting. I would recommend you take a phone apart, preferably not the phone you're using. But um, if you look at what this thing actually is, it's like most of what you see is a beautiful like. Okay, so this is like a glass panel on the on the back and a glass panel on the front, and you have some like. Nice designs around it. But if you take this thing off, what you'll find is that, like, the camera units are just, like, s small uh, small metal boxes with, like, a, with like a little camera inside. A, a large part of your phone is, like, is a battery, which is just power. And, the, and then the phone um, is just one tiny strip of, like, plastic with metal on it, which is, like, which creates the motherboard. A PCB. A PCB. And, like, take a look at, like, look up jerry-rig everything, iPhone 11 or so teardown. You'll see that that entire iPhone is actually just, like, this tiny little square. That is what you're interacting with. That is the phone. The rest of it is, like, what you're interacting with, which you classify. But that's not the phone. It's just that PCB. And the thing is that that PCB, the only thing that it does is it takes the electrical current and through the processors that we put on it and everything that we put on it we allow it to make certain calculations and this is where my knowledge is too limited to give you a very detailed explanation of how this works but basically what we found is that we can have different states varying between a zero and a one and we've been able to expand on that way further than just the one single bit we've been able to get to well crazy amounts and because of that, we can let it do extreme calculations, which we have transformed in the software to text, to display images, to display different color pixels, to convert things from like the the, the waveforms. Well, actually, that's the microphone that converts the the, the the airwaves to to like sound vibrations. But they're all you would say, oh, it's recording my voice. The computer records my voice. No, it's just like. It's not necessarily that. It is, yes, it is recording your voice, but it's not listening to it. It's just an electrical process. So the AI is not as human as many people think. It is not yes, a human like you. It's nowhere near. And let's, let's bring this back to Google Stadia because yeah. like, I've massively derailed us. But like, <laughs> the, whole, the whole concept that Stadia... Can actually predict, like, oh, I know that you're trying to shoot. Like, it's you are just trying to label something that already exists as something new and fancy. Like, you no, know, you're just talking about aim assist. That's mm -hmm. it, right? Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Like, show me a. Oh crap! I never get these right. You know, any anyone that's able to say, like, please do. But like the fighting is it a fighting game or a beat 'em up? It's a fighting game, isn't it? Where you've yeah. got like, you know, Tekken, Street Fighter. Those are fighting games, aren't mm -hmm. they? Yeah. Yeah. Show me a fighting game on Stadia without input lag. Then I'd be impressed. Well, let's go take a look at actually like the lineup on Google Stadia. And let's see what it is and maybe whether it might entice you to it. Like, I, I don't want this to be a giant shit fest on, on Stadia, even though, like, it seems to deserve it very, very well. But, like, I think that it would be the integrity of this podcast. It would be below that if we were just to, like, 
only look at if we were to try and look at the positive side of this. So the lineup that has that launches uh, with that has launched actually yesterday is was initially going to be Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Destiny Two, uh, the collection, Guilt, which is their only um, platform exclusive new title, um, Just Dance Twenty Twenty, Kine, Mortal Kombat Eleven. Rise of the Tomb Raider, Red Dead Redemption 2, Samurai Showdown, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Thumper, and Tomb Raider 2014. Wait, where did you get this? Uh, it's the second link, which I've put in our Discord. Um, oh. It's the end game, just one. There were, there were other games added, like Attack on Time to Final Battle, Farming Simulator 2019, Final Fantasy 15, Football Manager 2020, Grit 2019, Metro Exodus... NBA 2K20, Rage 2, Trials Rising, and Wolfenstein Young Blood. Pretty much all these titles have already been out for a while on Wait, many platforms. Link, or do you mean the third? Um, it's the third one because I was counting the Gymquisition one. Yeah. So it's, as Nate and Nafidia says, Stadia doesn't have much of a lineup. Which. I'm trying my it's, best. It's, to... it's pathetic. It is. I'm trying my best to figure out what, like, like how I could play devil's advocate on this. But I don't know. I really don't. It's like, it's a really... Right now, there's only 22 games available at this moment. It's 22 no, games. No, 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 no. Um, no, at this... Oh, yeah, sorry. The, yeah. the second lot came yeah. out today. Mm-hmm. A few of their games aren't even decent, like like Young Blood. It's like, okay, so with that, so you already have the twenty two games, but with that, um, there were more issues other than the four K not being supported. Um, there are also things that, um, well, the Stream Connect where you can um, have one player's viewpoint to be integrated with another player's stream doesn't work. Well, fine. Google Assistant doesn't work uh, within it yet. Fine. But family sharing. So, like, if um, if I'm, like, a dad and I have, like, accounts for my children and I want to buy a game and share it with other accounts helped by family members is not supported on day one, but will be coming in next year. So, if you want to um, buy your kids, have, like, have a Google Stadia account with your family and you want to have every single one of your kids to have a game, then you're going to have to buy them individually on Google Stadia until next year when family sharing is finally introduced like this 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 is this is if you don't build like so i i hire upon about minimum viable product all mm -hmm. the damn time right if your mvp is doing less than an existing platform then your MVP needs to step it up. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, so, all, all those things that people have criticized, oh, God, what's the name of the damn thing I keep on wondering about? Epic Game Store, right? Yeah. The number of things that, you know, people say, oh, Steam does this, why can't Epic Game Store? Steam does that, why can't Epic Game Store? And, you know, I remember, oh, God, I can't remember his name. He, the guy that does Gearbox. 
whatever. Randy Pitchford? He, that's the one, right? He turned around and said, oh, yeah, don't worry. Those features will come out by the time Borderlands 3 comes out. Yeah, no, not a single one came out. Not a single one of those features that people complained about actually made it into the Epic Game Store before. And, like, the number of things that I think, like, refunding wasn't mm. available and things like that. And, like, you know, Steam, yeah, it took Steam years to get it in there, but they bloody well did it. And that was off the back of the shit show that was Arkham Knight. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, let me try and play Devil's Advocate for Epic Games, for the Epic Games Store, because I am personally not a great fan because there are some very, very simple mechanics and very simple features which are completely lacking. And, like, if they have the money to buy all those games and make them exclusive on PC, which I'm pretty much against, but anyway, then they could also add a shopping card. Mm. How the hell can you not do that when you have so much money? But anyway... Aside from that, what the Epic Games Store offers is interesting in the sense of they do have free games every week. Every week or every two weeks, there are two games which are free. And they may not be your most favorite games every week or every time, but you don't have to be subscribed to the Epic Games Store. Just having an account on it, you can get these games for free. And it's it, it amounts to a lot. And it's like... The idea of creating competition for Steam, even if it isn't with the reasons that they're proposing, is something which can be good for the market. Even if that they're, if, even if it isn't their intention to have Steam cut, cut like the 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 percentage take that they take from like sales. Even if that isn't their intent, and their intent is actually just to like gain market share, and uh, which is probably what they're doing, um, and like get all these games over on the Epic Games Store. It's like Fine, aside from that, what you are creating is a storefront on 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 the PC where I, as a PC player, can go to and at least get two free games every one or two weeks and maybe find a game which I could have also found on Steam but for a cheaper price because you did the discount. It's like, I'm not saying that I'm in favor of it, but I can see it being a thing and I can see people arguing for it. I don't see that with Google Stadia. As much as I try, um, I don't know what this... I don't see anything that this thing has to offer right now. <laughs> I think this is part of the problem. So Google Stadia is going to start here. And then at some point in time, when they actually make a robust service, if they make a robust mm -hmm. service, it's taken into consideration. Google loves to just drop things. You know, Google they, Plus... Oh, Google well, I'm Glass. fine with that gone. I'm fine with that gone. But there, there's, anyway. there's this website where it's like things that Google killed. Yeah. So and it say say we they brought out a game. Let's let's what's a game that's coming out in the, the not too distant future that's Cyberpunk? Like there, yes! Brilliant, right? What if Google Stadia had Cyberpunk exclusive for PC? That right. would be a hard thing because, like, on the one hand, people would want to get it, but it's we're not talking about we're not talking about another launcher, we're not talking we're not even talking about another system, we're talking yeah. about an entirely different thing. It's like even hardcore enthusiasts will switch to the Epic Game Store because it's just another launcher, 
to yeah. download, and it will be the same performance. Yeah. They might switch to console because even if they're like if they're super hardcore about it, it might be like this console is not wordy. But you know what? I'll play it. Google Stadia. Right. So what if? Though. What if? Right. Um. You know. Say. Say you had a Xbox One. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got it because you liked the lineup. Plus, it was bringing out Gears of War Five. Mm -hmm. Oh. But you wanted to play Spider-Man. Well, in order to play Spider-Man, you need a PlayStation 4, right? You know, oh, you want to play Cyberpunk 2077? You need a Google Stadia. Like, it, it is all about, like, who can make what deal with what customer and so with what developer to try and outdo the other you know uh oh god hades right it was done by uh, the company that did bastion and uh transistor i can't remember what the name of the studio is but they did a game called hades and it um was a launch exclusive with the epic game store right mm -hmm. it's coming to steam Ooh. and it's just like what the fuck you know, you told me that you were coming, you were just exclusive to the Epic Game Store. Why have you suddenly announced you're coming to Steam? Well, because, like, I think that especially in this day and age where, hey, if I were developing a game exclusively for the Nintendo 64, then that thing would not run on anyone's PC or a, uh, what is it? a PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 1 at the time, or I don't think the Xbox was around at the time. Um, no, it was the Dreamcast. It was the Dreamcast. Because the thing is, is that we all know what that controller looks like. You're going to developing, you're going to be developing a game, not just around the infrastructure of the Nintendo 64, which is really interesting, by the way. It was one of the last consoles where you would put in a cartridge and instead of that cartridge serving as like a memory, like being like, plug in like a memory card or something to your pc it actually just um it was more akin to like if you have your motherboard and you plug in like a uh, graphics card like it was more like that it was a more direct connection which doesn't really matter by the way but like it's a fun thing but like it wasn't developed in that way and at the same time it wasn't developed for that controller it's like that controller wasn't on the on the playstation controller or on the dreamcast or in your pc it's like it's really hard to port those things over if you'd want to However, now, if you look at PlayStation, Xbox, they're both supporting keyboard and mouse for a ton of games because practically yeah. they're computers. They're just computers which are limited in what you can use and they have this handy-dandy functionality where if you pick up a controller and you press a button, they, they turn on and people buy them because they can go online with you. But they're just computers. So, like, everything, every infrastructure is pretty much the same right now. So a game that can run on the PlayStation can also run the Xbox, can also run on the PC if it wasn't for people trying to, like, keep things exclusive to their platform. The Switch is a little bit different because it's, an, it's again, it's an entirely different system. But still, anyway, because of that, it's because, like, I feel that it, it becomes harder and harder to keep things solely exclusive on one thing because it's just because of licensing agreements or decisions of developers of how they want to do it it's no longer about it's no longer impossible so if you no no one can put in the arguments like ah oh, it's impossible to do it's like it's not we know it isn't 
I, I to be honest, I think that Google Stadia because Google backed it, like first off, they have the time and resources to just sink into this, right? Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily going to succeed, but at least they have the resources to get this fully launched, right? I think Google Stadia will probably last about six months to a year mm -hmm. before they just axe it. Unless they can start coming up with the same launch, sorry, not the same launch titles, apologies, the same upcoming titles as PC, then I don't see it sounding a chance. I'm just going on to Steam now and looking at the popular upcoming. So what have we got here that I recognize? Um, I don't recognize any of these by name. So like, but you get the idea. I actually, I actually want to uh, bring up a point where, where I think, to me, I don't see any point to this because, like, I think their strongest argument for Stadia is that in order for you not to buy, not to have to buy or invest in really expensive hardware, you can just have the subscription and you can play games without having to buy this ever increasing cost of like buying a big PC or buying a console. But isn't it only decreasing the cost? Because I know that we are we are amping up in generations in the amount of processing power and the amount of like computing power that we have in our consoles, in our computers, in our mobile devices. We're making a big increase. And of course, the prices remain remote kind of the same for the newest stuff and kind of they might even increase for the newest stuff. But the things that something which might be a mid-tier right now or a second hand right now compared to a mid-tier or second hand from like 10 years ago around the same price range, what that can do right now is so much more than what it could do 10 years ago. And at the same time, you might you might argue that, okay, well, the games that are coming out now are terabytes big, they require intense graphics, they require top of the line, you cannot run them on like a 10-year-old, it's completely incomparable because it will always be an arms race between like, between like what the system is capable of and what the game de de demands. But I don't feel that the demand of from games has been increasing as much as the capabilities of our computing power. Of course, you can push things up to like 4K, 8K and an insane FPS. But I feel that about five to 10 years ago, there was this insane curve into increase of graphics quality and the increase of functionality between games. If you look at games from like a GameCube era or even like a Nintendo Wii era, like they look way different than games that were coming up on a PlayStation 3 or PlayStation uh, and then, well, now the PlayStation 4. But if you look between a PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation 4, and if you look at what has changed over the past five years, of course, games have gotten better. But I don't think that their improvements and their demands have had the same steep curve as they had before. So I don't, so I, so I would rather foresee that in order to run your games, you're going to need a less expensive computer or system in the future. 
which means that at what point is buying like is Google Stadia still a financially viable option given that you're just paying a service and you're not getting anything back whereas if you buy a computer you own that thing so i'm looking at what gridark is talking about in chat he's talking about this um x cloud right as an alternative to google stadia and in all honesty i first off i didn't realize stadia had an initial 130 dollars upfront cost all right mm -hmm. that's you know i i thought i was having to pay ten dollars a month plus buy the games i didn't really have to buy 130 dollars on top of that like that's that's mental but this whole xcloud thing it, it just again it unless i'm playing from something like my pc or my like an xbox itself I question the validity of these online streaming gaming platforms. I agree. I mean, um, Gridark is bringing up the uh, ray tracing, which is which is like the new a GeForce thing, the RTX um, idea. And like, of course, like when it comes to the high end, games can do a lot more. It's not like Nvidia releases ray tracing and games are like, ah, we don't care, whatever, man. No, they'll try and use it. But you can still run that game perfectly fine at a 1080p without ray tracing, and I don't and I don't think that it's gonna be very soon that games will require ray tracing because I think that the improvement from ray tracing is quite minor in the sense of the way that we went from like a 64-bit Nintendo 64 to a PlayStation 3 or like a Nintendo, well, like Nintendo Switch is rather far out. But like, if you look at the difference between like a PlayStation 2 and a PlayStation 3, that was massive. And the games, the, the difference between like the quality of the games was so big that like, even if you were to like put a PlayStation 3 game on a PlayStation 2 and then put it on like the lowest settings, you wouldn't be able to play it. Well, because both infrastructures are different, but even if you could, I don't think the machine could handle it. So... If you take a look at like, um, I don't know if you've been, if if anyone, if anyone has kept up with like the latest release from AMD, AMD by the way, this is more computer hardware specific, has been killing it recently. Like seriously, they've been coming out with some really, really good processors right now. If you want to buy some good, but I'm, we're not sponsored in any way. Uh, this is not me endorsing it for an ad or something. But if you're looking for a budget, good value system, take a look at AMD. They recently released the Ryzen 9 3950X, which is like their around $1,000 processor. Or no, I think $750. Between $750 and $1,000. But it's, it's pretty much going head-to-head -head or beating the Intel i9. And for a way cheaper price. And it's like... I don't know how much. Are you, are you sure? Are you sure those numbers are correct? Because like, there is no way in hell I would spend a grand on a processor. Let me see. Like, let me see what the price is. Like, if if it is genuinely one thousand dollars, I'm I'm just like, they they can keep their one thousand dollar processor. I'll buy whatever a one hundred pound processor can get me. Let me or find 150 or what it is, but this is the highest end. 
and yeah. the Horizon Five right now is like a really is a really good alter is a really good mid tier build. Oh yeah, it's right. seven fifty dollars. I, I already thought like I was like it's I think it's seven fifty. Um, yeah, but it could be higher. But yeah, it's seven fifty. It's like it's insanely much, and like most people will not be using that. Um, yeah. In their builds, but I built a really great system for my brother with like a Ryzen five, and a uh, I think it was an AMD card, and it's like it's way cheaper than my system which I built a couple of years earlier, but it's so much faster, and that means that like even it, like if the high end gets better, that also means that the mid tiers get better too, and I feel that if we're looking at playing current gen games if we're looking at playing the games which google stadia wants you to play because think about the bandwidth if you want to be ray tracing 4k hdr surround 5.1 you're not going to be if if you can't afford the system to play that most likely you will you will not have the bandwidth so i think that most people are looking for just being able to play a game like a game of Fortnite, a game of call of duty a game of whatever in a acceptable way. Most people that I think Google is advertising to or anyone would advertise to because this is the more the most of the general population that's trying to like play games, they're not focused on getting the highest FPS and they're not focused on having all the features enabled. They just want a smooth running game. And I think that we're actually getting to a point where that's becoming more and more and more affordable. I think one of the big things is... So first off, I think Stadium missed a beat. I think they, they they missed something massively. I think that this should have been a cheap alternative for console exclusive titles. Right? Mm-hmm. So you know, imagine this platform where you could stream playing Spider Man, right? That instantly gets my interest. I don't want to buy a PlayStation 4 just for Spider Man, right? What if you could stream play uh, Gears of War 5, assuming Gears of War 5 is not on PC, right? Assuming it's Xbox One exclusive. You know, what if um, you could play um, Pokemon Sword and Shield or any Nintendo game because they're all exclusive to Nintendo, right? Well, most of them. But what if the it's the exclusives they targeted, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is that they are releasing titles that anyone and everyone has access to. Most yeah. games these days will run on potatoes, right? Warframe runs on... Hell, as I said, my PC, 10 years old, will happily play Warframe, right? Mm-hmm. And Warframe is not a bad-looking game. No. Yeah? So um, I, I, I do want to jump in real quickly and say that's exactly the point I was trying to make. I know that... Um, Gridark said um, it's the other way around. Like people can't afford the bandwidth, but they can't afford an upfront cost of thousands. I'm like I'm trying to say that the cost, the upfront cost of being able to play a decent game, is going down. I feel because like yeah. your PC of ten years old can play Warframe running perfectly fine. Like it's not yeah. the highest setting, but it looks good, and like you can probably... actually is the highest setting. It is. That is insane. Yeah. But it's like yeah, it's the highest. The only thing it's not is 4K, right? Yeah, but who cares? It's like you, sure, yeah. people people can care. But like, if you just want a good playing game, I think that if you had a PC, let's say that you bought a PC ten years prior to when you bought your PC, yeah, it's like, would you be able to play a game 
that was, I think Warframe is on par with most other games in the way that it's looking. It's like, it doesn't really do under for most games. So if you were to play like a high-end graphical game from 10 years ago on a PC that was 20 years old, would you be able to do that? Sorry. Um, the... Right, okay, so I um, the answer to your question is no, because I know what a 10, sorry, 20-year-old PC looks like. Mm -hmm. However, talking to, sorry, going back to Gridark. So Gridark is bringing up that people aren't looking to play Warframe on Stadia. They're wanting to play Red Dead Redemption 2 as good-looking as possible, mm -hmm. right? But, so one thing that they've already turned around and said, uh, Google has said, is that you cannot get 4K on Google Stadia as of yet, right? Which yeah. has already undermined the whole good looking as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Additionally, the compression that you'll get on streaming the video, again, not as good looking as possible, right? Yeah. I, I, I also, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Okay. Wrong. I also feel that, like, this shouldn't be or this can't be a targeted system or service towards um what is it enthusiasts like people that care about playing red dead redemption looking as good as possible most people that care about getting down getting red dead redemption 2 to look as good as possible to really see the bowls of the horse shrink and get bigger based on temperature those are enthusiasts like, the reason that people bought Wii's en masse, the reason that people bought are buying Switches pretty en masse, isn't because they're trying to play a game at 4K. It's because they just want to play a game. That's what they want to do. And it's like, that's what most things are, are targeted at. And, and it's like... Just if you look at the if you look at the Wii, if you look at the if you look at the Switch, their 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 outputs aren't great when it comes to just raw numbers. If you're just looking at it in an enthusiast kind of way, it doesn't look good. But like if you're playing it as just a player, as most people, it looks decent enough. And I think that Stadia can never replace the PC for an enthusiast or a console for an enthusiast because they will always have the advantage of having the system right there. They'll always have the advantage of actually owning the system because that's what they enjoy to do. They want to have the thing. I think that, I feel that Stadia should actually target the general consumer market that just wants to play the game. And for them, they don't care about, about making that 4K. Okay, so also actually, let me let um, let me actually um, talk about the the cost thing because um, Gerdok says it's not targeted to people which uh, which like it's targeted to people which want to play without a high upfront cost. So let's look at the cost. We have a one hundred thirty dollar investment for the Stadia Chromecast system and controller. Then we have the fee, which is ten dollars a month. And then you have to buy the games all individually. So, I mean, let's just say that 
we're just going to take up the upfront cost of buying the Chromepad, casting controller, and the subscription. You're on $140. You can't really buy a system of that money, can you? Secondhand. Sorry, say that again? So if we're looking at the $140 cost upfront, you can't really yeah. buy anything for that right now. No. No. But let's say that we add in a game. Let's say that we add in, like, what would be the minimum viable uh, amount for which you would say for this you can buy a PC or a console and play a well, game decently? Like, I know, I know the Nintendo Switch I bought for two hundred and seventy pounds. Mm -hmm. Right, brand new with I'm pretty sure Mario Maker. No, was it Mario? No, probably Mario Odyssey. Um, mm -hmm. And it was perfectly fine, mm -hmm. right? And I think that is probably the cheapest you could get a gaming platform, mm -hmm. right? Plus a game. So in that regard, yeah, Stadia is beating it, right? But you, <sighs> the big thing about Stadia is that the only people that truly know about it Actually, I'm making a grand sweeping statement here. I think the only people that truly know about Google Stadia is gamers, mm. right? I don't think this is advertised to anyone else. I don't think this is advertised... like oh, It's only coming up in gaming journalism and things like that. And if gamers know about it, I genuinely just do not think... As our first poll this stream indicated, no gamers are going to be interested in actually getting the Stadia. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I think the, uh, the idea of the streaming services of a Netflix, of a Stadia of the subscription model that um, that consoles are holding to right now, and they're holding in high regard. I can understand why people say that this will be the future, or why they believe that this will be the future, because to most people, they don't want... To most people, they're looking at the, they're looking at the thing as, I want to play something, or I want to watch something. And instead of buying this thing for $60, this one game, I can access a whole library. Instead of buying a PC for $500 or $270 as a console, I'm buying a thing for 130 and I can buy a game and play it. It's cheaper. I think that there is a point in that, but I think it's a trend curve, which is about, at some point, to hit its peak. This kind, this can be a year away. This can be five years away, ten years away, fifty years away. I don't know. But if we take a look at something like microtransactions and loot boxes, which were actually microtransactions is one of the perfect um, metaphor, um, similar like metaphors to take. The idea of micro microtransactions was to offer games, mo most likely mobile games, most of the time mobile games, at a way lower price or even free. So that people could play it, and then if they wanted to like buy little things, rush little things, they could pay tiny amounts of money to 
make um, to 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 make things go faster and then support the game. And initially, the idea is, and like it's still being used today. Don't get me wrong. That this is way better because then I don't have to pay sixty bucks. Can actually play the game, and if I enjoy it, I can put money to it. Or if I pay money, it's only a little amount. But what we're seeing more and more, and what the general public is getting to see more and more, because this is being featured more in the news, is, uh, well, whenever we have the story of like the Australian guy that spent over two hundred thousand Australian dollars on a single Transformers mobile game, where we're talking about loot boxes being pretty much completely banned out of every game. Maybe like like it's banned, I think, officially in Belgium, but I think that they're just doing away with it because even EA has shied away from loot boxes in their latest Star Wars game. It's like EA shying away from loot boxes or surprise mechanics as they call it. That's interesting. Ooh, how did that happen? But it's because of this realization that big people have become aware that microtransactions is most of the time not cheaper at all than actually paying for a game with 60 bucks. I think that the understanding which um, I feel I have a little bit and like I feel is being shared within some enthusiast spaces of actually like having a game where you pay 60 bucks for and the game's goal is just to give you a good, fun, enjoyable experience. And it's not their goal to have you play for as long as possible because it's their online service and they want you to pay microtransactions. But be, so like their goal is to keep you playing forever because if they could, they would because that'd be best for them. The difference between that and the difference in way that in the way that that satisfies is so different and so much better when it comes to a piece of media, which which its goal is to satisfy you instead of where its goal is to keep you playing and keep you paying. Like there is a difference between those two, which is not generally understood yet. But I think that those things will, especially when it comes around to uh, systems like the PlayStation 3, when it comes to the rental systems like the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, um, right now, because every single console platform has this subscription service and this online service, once people get to find out that, hey, these things don't last forever, they're going to be shut down at once, and then all the money which you invested in that subscription thing, you won't see anything for it, like, th that's going to be a really compelling case against it. And also, when we're looking at things like Netflix, the reason why Netflix worked, even if you, if Netflix were to shut down in the future, you wouldn't own anything. At least it was a very simple way of paying like 10 to $20, and boom, you had access to everything. Well, now we're getting Disney+, Plus. we're getting every single service has their own bloody streaming service, so that Netflix just becomes an online cable service where it has a select few options but if you want to have something else you better sign up for Amazon Prime as well and you better sign up for all the other services where it becomes so expensive at a point where it's like people are going to notice that this is a little bit madness and like the idea of owning things physically might become popular again I think it's really interesting because the the way you were talking about the whole uh, loot boxes and the whole sort of like kind of like weird meta transactions or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that some time ago it was discovered that people do a piss poor job in monitoring their online subscription services, right? Mm -hmm. I think that if you know, I remember 20 years ago on average there were one to two cars per household 
right? Mm-hmm. Then about 10 years ago, we've got four cars per household on average. Now I wouldn't be surprised if we're getting close to five or six cars per household, which is getting absolutely insane, right? Mm-hmm. Again, likewise, I wouldn't be surprised if there are you know some people out there that have subscriptions that they don't even know they have anymore. That mm-hmm. subscriptions they set up and they used for the longest time, and they thought, "Yeah, I'll come, I'll come back, to, I'll come back to that." Yeah, I'll come back to, yeah. and they just completely forgot about, it. and they're still paying for it, yeah. right? And I know that, like some companies, like so, I I moved out of my old place back at the end of September, right, and it was only last week that I managed to successfully cancel my. Holy jeez. Sorry. Just yeah, I'm just that. looking at that. Greater just posted in chat that he was sub to 121 streamers at some point, is now only sub to two. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's completely derailed me. But my point is that I was um what's it called? It took me till last week to get my old internet service provider to cancel where i was uh, the internet provided to the old property right mm-hmm. i paid them an extra month and a half of me not living in the property and it took me over an hour to get it cancelled right so many companies abuse these mental tactics of you know oh yeah yeah let me let me i'll, I'll sort this out let me just put you on hold let me just let me just put you on hold right i'm back in 10 minutes Right, and then you sat there on hold for ten minutes, not able to do anything, not able to curse and swear and things because oh, you can't say those bad words. I'm having to hang up the call. Right. So like, you know, and then like, okay, so 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 you want to cancel the service? Yes. Right. Are you sure you don't want to take anything with you? It's like you don't provide anything, um, anything in the area. Oh, let me look that up. I'll be back in ten minutes. I'll be back in ten minutes. And like, honestly, I put up with this for an hour to get my old internet cancelled and i wouldn't be surprised if people have prematurely switched off in trying to get these things cancelled and disconnected mm-hmm. and stuff because it is just so damn difficult right I'm, i mean it, imagine that you work on your own like like you um you're your own boss or let's say mm-hmm. that you work for someone and you get home or whatever, you sit and talk to this line, to this person in for an hour, and the subscription is $10 a month, but your hourly rate is like, what, $50, $100 an hour? I don't know. Like, I kind of wish it was that. If that, if, if that is your rate, like, if you have a well-paying job, or even if it's yeah. like 30 or 40 it's like, I could be sitting here talking to this person, for to save ten dollars, but it's costing me twenty, thirty, forty, maybe more. Yeah, it's like it's not worth it. But if you do that for everything, like oh my god, man, like that adds up. That really, really adds up. What a f- funny thing I was I was looking. Um, uh, I saw this image pop up recently. Like the only way to shut these people up is to say like it, it showed a message of like this this chat where it's like I want to quit this service, and they're like, um. What's your re- Are you sure? What's your reason for quitting our service? Like, I'm going to prison. Okay. And they just like, they didn't do the bullshit because they just said, I'm going, like, yeah. telling them that you're going to prison makes them shut up. <laughs> oh, God. Right. So, 
years ago when I was mm -hmm. a student, right, we were having constant internet problems. And we were with, I'm, I'm going to name and shame them, Virgin Media, right? Mm -hmm. I was in uh, the student area for Virgin Media and the place was oversaturated because this, this is like in the era of torrenting when mm -hmm. everyone and their dog was torrenting more stuff than the sun and they didn't cap their uploads. They were just like, you know, flooding their up. And honestly, the internet was completely unusable. I called them up and eventually I worked out a tactic to talk to their UK-based technical support team mm -hmm. because their US, sorry, no, their um, Indian technical support team were absolutely bloody trash. Like, have you tried turning it off and on again? I'm like, sorry, I shouldn't do an accent. I apologize. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Yes, right? Okay, could you do it for me now? I've already tried it. It's like, yeah, please, can you do it for me now? I'm like, oh, and they will not um, do anything until it's like okay I've done it no you haven't sir it's like what do you mean I haven't it's like because we can actually see the connection so if you can see the connection diagnose it and tell me what's wrong with it mm -hmm. anyway in the end I got so fed up I called them up and was like right I want to cancel my contract and they were like oh god what did they say they said let me transfer you to an operator. They put me through to a UK operator. Mm -hmm. They told me that it was going to cost £500 right, to cancel. Yeah, £500 to cancel early. I thought, that's insane. They then said, okay, let me put you through to a technical specialist and see if they can actually ascertain what the problem is. They then put me through to a, um, a tech uh, services guy in the UK. I spoke to them and they instantly turned out, yeah, your uh, area is a 99% uh, utilization area, right? Which means at 99% of the day, the box is maxed out, right? So the whole thing cannot support the network. I said, well, can you put us on to a neighboring system? I was like, I can't. Oh, sorry, no. Ours was a 98% um, because the only other one that they could put me to was a 99%. Damn. Right? So 99% of the day, that um, exchange was maxed out. Right? And then... Um, what you call? You know, we we tried to to deal with it. They tried filling around. With, they put us on a, f a faster connection, but that lasted for like maybe two months because everyone else upgraded to the faster connection. Same problem yet again. So I called them up. I said, you know, I want to cancel, and they said, right, that's five hundred pounds. I said, no, you're not providing the service that you promised to provide. You know, you can't provide the service. I'm not paying five hundred pounds. And then they said, no, I'm gonna have to do this. All right, fine. He put me through to your tech support put me through to the tech support in the UK. I explained the situation to them. And I said, look, they want to charge me 500 pounds for something you cannot provide. You agree with me, you cannot provide it. I don't see why I have to pay this. And he goes, yep, I completely agree with you. He put, um, he called up the, the cancellations um, person, said, right, do not charge this guy for his cancellation because we cannot provide the service. And then done, got it canceled, no charge. And then we went on to ADSL2 with um, O2, and we were swimming. We were so happy, Damn. right? Because we had a working internet connection. 
And but like this is the problem though. These services, these people, they don't care about the quality of the product they have. They just want your money. Mm-hmm. Right? So I wouldn't be surprised if some you know poor bastard at Google Stadia had to flip on the switch way ahead of when he wanted to because he wanted um you know because they want that money to start coming in they want to start seeing a profit coming in but i i i genuinely want to know how i wish i could look into the future because i don't think stadia is going to be around in a year's time right unless yeah unless they pull something right out of their ass right I do not think Stadia will exist in a year's time. It's the whole on-live service. It's. I, I feel that this is like exactly what the Google Plus thing was. It's like Google feels that they can do better because they're Google. And then they, then they release this thing, which barely anyone knows about. And the people that know about it, in Google's Plus case, like most general people didn't know about it. Only the people that were like, actively interested within like the social media space or within the like internet computer space they knew about google plus but they knew it was trash and that's the same thing when it comes to stadia it's like only gamers know about it now and they don't and we all think that there is no advantage in it for us why should why why should we use it and it's gonna it's it's gonna be bad um i i personally feel that when it comes to like, I have not uh, kept my PlayStation Network uh, up. Like, I used to have um, the the subscription online service for PlayStation for Xbox uh, because I wanted to play with my pe- with, with people that have a PlayStation and Xbox. But I'm like, I barely play my PlayStation. I sometimes do it on stream, but Warframe is free. I don't need the, the PlayStation Network thing for that. So as long as I don't feel like playing on that thing, I'm not paying for it. But, like, let's imagine that... You want to have like a bunch of like, 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 let's imagine a household where, like, hey, you know, people are going to have Spotify, people are going to have Netflix, people are going to have, I mean, like, they're going to have a PlayStation or an Xbox. Like, I've seen so, so many families where, like, the kids will eventually get one and, like, maybe share it with the entire household, but, like, that's, that's another fee. Um, you're going to have, well, if you're going to have Netflix, you're probably also going to have like a Disney Plus because everything's being segmented. It just amounts to so much that at a point you're just like, well, no. It's like, for one thing, it makes sense. $5, like $10 a month, I get access to all the movies. $5 a month, I get access to playing online and free games every month. Hell yeah, $15 a month, fine. But if it becomes everything, like, oh boy. See no. this. This is this is a problem I have, right? Mm-hmm. I I I I resent the fact that everyone and their dog now has to have their own dedicated streaming service, right? Oh, we can't have Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist on Netflix because we want to have our own streaming service. We want to bring all the Marvel stuff under our own house. Oh, we can't have um, Rick and Morty on Netflix. We have to have it on our own streaming service. We can't have... Um, God, everyone and their dog. 
has their own dedicated streaming service, right? Mm -hmm. But what about the poor fuckers that have to pay for it, mm -hmm. right? I'm not signing up to... So I can't see The Mandalorian. I can't see Rick and Morty. I can't see God knows what anime because I don't pay for Crunchyroll. I pay for Netflix, mm -hmm. right? Why can't services, why can't channels like Disney or Adult Swim or who the jog on ever turn around and say, right, we are going to either let you buy the, the rights to this show and you have it straight up, mm -hmm. right? Or you can... Um, what you call it? pay lower payment rights, but you get it a week later. So, hey, Rick and Morty, you could get it now and get the latest thing using Adult Swim service, or you could wait a week, right, and see it on Netflix because Netflix are paying a no, uh, um, a silver tier license instead mm -hmm. of a gold tier license. Do you, you see what I mean? Yeah, well, the thing is, is that that would have worked if Netflix was like the only one around and these services were kind of coming up and they were like, okay, well, let's make this deal. But now, like, we already have Netflix, we already have Amazon Prime, we have the Disney thing, which is coming up, which are pretty big players. Like, every single one of them is going to want to be the platform which gets it like a week after. So... And if that continues to be the case, like, they're going to fight for it and they're still going to have the exclusives. Like, only on Netflix you'll be able to see Rick and Morty the week after. It's like, like, it's going to be tough. But, like, one of the things which um, which I feel is a bit weird um, from my understanding is that it's becoming, it's starting to look a lot more like cable television where it's like, you gotta, like, in order to watch channels, you have to pay for them. And, like, you're having a lot of channels now that you have to pay for, it, a lot of subscription services. And the thing with the internet was that when people got more and more access to the, the internet, like, you were talk, talking about the torrenting, like, trend a couple of years ago, um, is that the thing with the internet is, like, you have access to everything. So, like Gridark said, it's like, you can see Rick and Morty. You just cannot see it legally. And I'm not here to say on air that I support getting a torrent or downloading a uh, downloading it illegally, but these options are available. And it's like, why would you not like this is the thing when it comes to the average user? Why would you not listen to a song with an app blocker on YouTube, then pay a subscription fee to listen to the same song on, on Spotify when both of them have the same quality and one option is free and the other isn't? Why would you not find the very easy tools that are available widely spread online where you can go and access pretty much any piece of content that has been made uh, in a visual audio form and get it for free when you have the tools at hand? It's like, it's a bit of a hassle to go through and sometimes, like, there are countries where you, you, you're somewhat likely to run into a fine. And it might not be very moral, but it's a very easy thing to do. So I think that when Netflix came around, it offered this very easy alternative. And, like, this is also where I think Spotify uh, found its place. Is that, like, they offered this service of, like, 
you can access all the all the all the all the movies and all the series, or you can access all the songs for a small fee. And for that small fee, you're gonna be able to do it morally. You can you can rest assured that like you're not breaking any laws. And it's very easy because it's just an app. It's a really good looking app on your phone or on your computer, and you can just find anything there. It's super easy, super simple. It doesn't cost a lot. It's cool. And I think that that made a very easy uh, choice for people to just be like, okay, well, let me just get Netflix. Let me just get Spotify. Because it doesn't cost that much, and it's way easier to use. It's way more moral to use. I got no problem sleeping at night. And now, uh, fine. But when you're, like, looking at Rick and Morty now, like, that thing, like, Rick and Morty being not on Netflix in the U.S. anymore, um, releasing the 20th no, uh, uh, no. Uh, the 7th of November? I don't know when it released. Uh, at a date, I think, the, like, last week or something, in the US. The 11th. The 11th. But it was scheduled to release in the UK on the 20th of January or something, like, months away from when it just released in the US. Um, they changed it now to the 20th of November, which is tomorrow. But still, th they're doing these weird things. Just caused a bunch of people to just be like, I'm going to just find a site and watch it online. And these sites are really easy to find. I'm not saying you should. I'm not endorsing it. But the fact that, like, it's becoming so much more complicated and the fact that they're, that they're trying to, like, everyone has to have their own servers and you got to pay for all of them, it becomes to the point where it's much more of a hassle to try and get it the right way than that it is to just get it for free. See, like, this, this, this is the one of the biggest... <laughs> screw-ups mm -hmm. with trying to actually have all of these services, right? So, you know Sonic Mania? Do you know Sonic mm -hmm. Mania? Yeah? yeah? Cool, right. Comes with, um, oh, God, is it De Novo, the DRM service? Mm -hmm. Right? Um, do you know that De Novo destroys SSDs? Really? Yes. Fuck it, off. The, the, it's, it's a security system. I, I don't really know how it works. I've not really looked into it properly. Uh, I might be pronouncing it wrong even. Mm -hmm. But it is really, really bad for destroying SSDs. Right? Mm -hmm. You are better off pirating, and I am not endorsing this, Make this really clear that Xeno is not endorsing piracy. It is better to get it via alternative means, which doesn't. De Nouveau. De Nouveau. De Nouveau. De, 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 de Nouveau. Whatever. Yeah, De Nouveau. Um, what's it called? It is better to get it via alternative means because it won't come with this bullshit software that destroys your hardware. Look at how many, like, you know. I have web browsers and whatever, and like they are just chomping on my CPU, right? I have 32 gig of RAM. I have two web browsers open, um, PowerPoint, what's it called? A IDE for development, um, Steam, OBS, the WhatsApp app and oh what's the uh, discord right guess how much ram is currently being used up i don't know 
14 gig. Oh, shit. 14 gig! What the bloody hell is any of this shit doing? Um, <laughs> right? I don't know. It's it, like, seriously, so much of this stuff should not be taking anywhere. Like, none of these are games, mm. right? None of these are simulators. None of these are, like, process-heavy things, right? I don't have my um, video editor open. Why is it taking up so much fucking RAM? Because it's probably preloading a lot of stuff. Um... No, it's because it's piss-poorly built, right? Look at... Right, so we've looked at games like mm -hmm. Crisis, um, Warframe, Monster Hunter World, whatever. All these games, very shiny-looking games, right? Very, very chrome, right? Mm -hmm. They look amazing, right? Fucking Anthem runs like a piece of shit on my PC, mm -hmm. right? Because it is so piss-poorly built. Oh, we're gonna rebuild it from the ground up, right? Oh, yeah, they fucking did that with Internet Explorer. Oh, wait, no, it's still the same fucking engine for Edge. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you know, it's it's like if you piss, if you build something badly, it is going to run badly. If you build some DRM software that is supposed to protect your, um, what's it called, game, but it destroys SSDs, you're going to get a bad reputation really quickly. And the whole, all of these things, all these services and everything, they're supposed to mitigate the desire the want to pirate things but they're not they are really fucking not mm -hmm. right with the uh, the likes of netflix platforms like the pirate bay were massively on a downward trend because people were like oh i can i can morally get a hold of the shows i want to watch feel good about it pay a little bit of money and not feel like a completed utter dickhead but now that there's more fucking streaming platforms in the bloody sun right with things like youtube deciding to get in on this and everything what's happened things like fucking pirate bay have come back with a surgeons mm -hmm. resurgence rather no I'm like make a rant it's it's the reason why people pay is because it's easier and better and like more straightforward to use. Uh, Fadian had a great story here in chat talking about how people in Africa live uh, to, to the place that he visits a lot. Where um, if they would get a new house, uh, I'm gonna try and like summarize the story a little bit, but check it in chat if you're here live. And otherwise, hopefully we might be able to get it in comments or, or something on the video section. But anyway. Um, the short of the story is that people will get a new house and they will burn all the grass around the house to like get rid of snakes um, so that they'll be safe from the snakes. But there are also uh, alternative snake repellent things which allow you to keep the grass around to actually plant small crops and still keep the snakes keep the snakes away. But people don't do it because they've always done it that way and it's just straightforward, just burn it. So people don't often want to go for the best solution. They often want to go for what's more what's what's just more straightforward to them what's what what what's easier to do what makes more sense what just makes more sense to them it's like oh i'll do it and like netflix was that way because having to figure out how to get things and having to take that step of like downloading things um downloading a torrent is i mean 
to some people, it's it's like it's scary. People are like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I want to do that. And Netflix was super easy. But now if you have to like, I don't even know which shows are on what. Like, seriously, if I'm to step into like my streaming services and I have to get out a chart of all the shows that I want to watch and then see which services they're on, like, that is going to be such a massive shit show. Like, that is harder. That's that's more inconvenient than traditional table, uh, cable television where you could just, you'd buy, like, like you, you'd pay your provider and you could get an extra, like, extra channels, but most of the time it would be, like, a standard set and you could just switch through them. And now it's like, I want to watch uh, Rick and Morty and I want to watch what's in our Game of Thrones, and I want to watch, uh, what's something else? I don't know. Um, the Star Wars movies. What do I need to get? It's like, it's it makes no sense. And it's like, oh, man, it's so stupid. So, I think Stadia is going to go one of two ways. I think, one, mm-hmm. it is going to fizzle out and die because i don't think they have marketed this correctly in the slightest or two it's going to um start a trend and then in i don't know maybe five years time we have crap tons more streaming services where we have stadia let's say arcadia uh prime mania um steam ania you know let, let hey let's throw in a porn hub one as well while we're at it and we're gonna have all these different platforms and we're gonna be back at square one they wanted to reduce the they wanted to create an easy way for all this stuff to happen and instead they have just created more of a reason for <laughs> things like piracy yeah no, I, I, I don't think it, I don't think it has a chance to survive or and no, or at I, least I become leader, because as we said, it makes things so much more complicated, and people look for the easy solution. And um, let's see, Gridox says Steam already has streaming. It might be interesting to see if they provide streaming from their servers later. I mean, PlayStation now is trying to do that thing a little bit. Uh, like, it would make more sense. If you were to have a PlayStation 4, be like, hey, if you want to, when the PlayStation 5 comes around, if you want to play PlayStation 5 games, but don't buy the PlayStation 5, we have this PlayStation streaming service, and you can just play all the upcoming consoles on your PlayStation 4 because you stream it through it. People would already have that. But still, yeah, it's like one of, one of my major like concerns is that if you buy a game on Steam, you don't necessarily own the game. You own a license to the game, which they can revoke because it's in the terms of service, which you agree to. But still, you would you do reliably own a game on Steam in the sense of I can if I crash my computer, I can buy another one and I can go play download my entire library there as well. But with Google Stadia, if you stop paying for your subscription, you also lose access to all the games that you have paid for. So if you have Google Stadia for like a month, for like a year, like you're not just like 
thinking about, hey, do I keep up this subscription, which is worth $10 to access this thing? You're also like, do I, do I want to lose access to all this money that I've invested in my game library? And there is no interesting, there is no interesting library anyway right now. So like that's already made a drawback. But at the same time, it's like you gotta invest in it to the, keep up your investment. The, there have been so many instances where people have invested in stuff and then it just ceases to exist, mm -hmm. right? I remember buying Dawn of War 2 and uh, Microsoft turned around and said like, oh, we're no longer going to be doing the games for Windows Live anymore. So any games that you have that use it, yeah, tough titties. But Relic turned around and moved games for Windows Live, sorry, moved Dawn of War 2 to work with Steam instead, right? Mm -hmm. Likewise, Amazing Eternals, a hero shooter by Digital Extremes during the time of Warframe. I actually really enjoyed it. I much preferred it than Overwatch, but it wasn't going to work. And too rightly, they pulled out. But the really nice thing is they refunded everyone that invested in the founders program mm -hmm. right they didn't have to do that they could have just kept all the money and actually sunk it but they were good enough to return the money but there are so many platforms out there like yeah i i've lost access to my entire xbox live collection because mm -hmm. microsoft fucked it up and they don't give a shit about my account yeah. oh we've you know we've got all your money we don't care oh yeah but you know no i I was really surprised when I got my um, original Xbox. The Xbox Live on the original Xbox isn't supported anymore, even though it's still the same bloody service. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. Like, seriously, I think Nintendo pretty fucked up with, like, they have a different service for the Wii and DS, which has already been canceled. They have a different service for the Nintendo Wii U, and now they have a different service for that Switch. So I see the Wii U being shut down very soon as well. And it's like... All the, game, all the games you bought, which yeah. had online access, so like you just buy out the window. Yeah. And like some games run fine, but more and more games these days are relying on multiplayer. So like they just won't work anymore. That's ridiculous. But yeah, in conclusion, I personally think that um, Google Stadia is not really going to work because of, well, first of all, their very weak library. But secondly, I don't see a compelling reason to invest $130 to begin with and then a subscription a subscription payout and then buying my own games over a network service which is just at this point still going to be inferior to playing it on a PC I think it there's no compelling argument to make for it which I can see I'm I, I, I'm in complete agreement with you. I think this has been marketed wrong. I think that they're going to continue to absorb costs. I think this is going to cost them money for a very long time. And I think they're going to ditch it in within a year's time. Because this is not going to be cheap to operate and maintain. No. And because they have to make sure that all the machines that are hooked up on the other end are just going to work because like this this isn't going to be like oh like everyone this is something that really pisses me off when people think oh but it's part of the cloud yeah no the cloud is a collection of actual servers 
-hmm. Like it, it is not some, you know, it is, it isn't just part of the internet. It does physically exist somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's part of the cloud. The cloud is yeah. just a fancy way of saying someone else's computer. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I've actually put in my Google calendar for the 19th of November, which is a Thursday. Does Google Stadia still exist? <laughs> 2020. Let's time. check in next year whether it still exists. All right. Right. So I think that we've uh, we've touched on everything we wanted to touch on with this topic for this framecast. So let's get into the questions. If you guys have any questions that we should like to ask, whether they may relate to Google Stadia, whether they may relate to subscription things or anything, or maybe nothing at all which we discussed today, feel free to post them. Uh, we might answer them. So we've got one question here from Thalian, which is, if Stadia had actually launched with a library of 300 to 400 games, do you think it would have actually succeeded? I think it could have succeeded with probably about 100 to 200 titles, but they have to be newer titles, mm -hmm. right? And I think that the platform would excel if those titles were other console exclusive so basically if if their cloud was actually we've got like a pile of xboxes and a pile of playstation 4s and a pile of switches and a pile of gaming pcs and we've all we put them all in a room they all exist in a room in the cloud and you can play whatever game you want i think mm -hmm. that would have instantly made it a success i think <laughs> i think that Aside from the amount of titles available, if you still have to pay for every single game and for the Chromecast and controller, yeah, it's a really tough sell still because it's like it's like asking people to subscribe to Netflix, but then buy a TV box, which is like a DVD player, but you can't put DVDs in it, but like just a box with a remote control so you can turn on Netflix, and then you gotta pay for every movie that you wanna watch. And it's like, well, that's just that's just buying shit with extra steps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you put that. Yeah. Okay. Um Navida, is that how you pronounce it? Navida? Navidia. It's it, you're almost saying Navidia, but they don't have Navidia actually. But like Navidia, Navidia, something like that. Okay. Given the current global internet infrastructure and the dropping cost for good quality budget PCs, do any y'all think that any of the gaming streaming services will be able to survive? Not unless they put these clouds near where we live so like there'd have to be one in the heart of the uk there'd have to be one in like, pretty much the heart of any major city in any country that they want to support in Cloud. yeah i don't i don't think so i tried to I've, i i was making the argument before that i think that we are getting so much accessibility to so such powerful hardware at such a reasonable price that unless you want to push for the limit which is not going to be possible with these streaming services anyway um there are going to be really good cheaper alternatives or like maybe not cheap cheaper but at least not insanely more expensive 
Mm. Um, anything to ask before the stupid questions? Wait, you buy a box with a remote and you still have to buy it for a movie? Did you mean Apple TV? I mean, if we're talking about a company that's charging you a thousand dollars for a stand, yeah, I mean, like most of the things that we're gonna say that are ridiculous, probably Apple has done it. Yeah, pretty much. So, so I have to give them this, okay? Their iPhone right now is a better value for money than Google's latest phone. <laughs> Did you see that Pixel Four? No. So Google released their Pixel 4. It looks like an iPhone to begin with, but it's got one less camera and it's not very structurally bound. Like you can kind of break it apart. Uh, and it's it's worse. It's got like a really low battery life. I think it's back in the 2000s of milliamp hours. So it's got like a big forehead again. So the screen to body thing is like it's just a phone. Like if it came out two years ago, it would have been alright. But like right. the iPhone like budget. Thing. So yeah, go ahead. Gridark asks, uh, would either of you use a Epic Game Stores? Blah, 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 use Epic Game Store if they had PS4 exclusive games. Instantly in a heartbeat, yes. I really yeah. want to play God of War and Spider Man. Yes, even e. Okay, actually, this is just like download the, game, the Epic Game Store and use it or like buy something from the Epic Game Store. But let's say that you had to like um, pay a $5 fee to access like um, PS4, like PlayStation Plus or something through the Epic Game Store. Like a month, would you still do that? Yeah. Like if, if the minimum subscription is a month, I would totally do that. And mm -hmm. then like during the Christmas period, I'd play for like, I just play like, like, Drew, it's Christmas. Come have Christmas lunch. Fuck off. I'm playing Spider-Man. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'd love someone to clip that, by the way. Fuck off. Do it. Do it. No, it's, I think that like, that is a really compelling thing because the difference with the Epic Games, uh, the Epic Games Store PS4 thing that we're talking about is that if I already have a computer which can run the Epic Game Store, then in order to access these PlayStation titles, I would have to buy a $300, $400 PlayStation. Or I could use this service, which is the Epic Game Store, which is way yeah. cheaper to run it on yeah. my system. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's completely right. Okay. Um, right. So let's ask the stupid questions and then let's GTFO. Right. Um, Thalian, what's the most recent kind of sandwich you've eaten? A BLT. What about you? I had a really good cheese sandwich this good afternoon. Man. All right. Thalian asks, uh, you said give it a month, but your beard is not as epic still. What's up with that? It's pretty damn. Pretty I think volume. it's just lacking glitter. Fuck off. Right. Um, and then NVIDIA. Um... On a completely unrelated note, Zeno, if someone were to show you a new way to build Obron that lets you do your Obron thing more efficiently, would you switch? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not fucking... As long as it allows me to do what I want, I mean, I'm, I'm down. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. I'm I gonna think, stick up my ass. I think that's all the questions. So um, cool. I think we've come to the so, end of the Framecast. Yeah. I want to say thank you all yeah. so much for watching. I super appreciate it. Everyone being live here or listening to it via YouTube, listening to the highlights on uh, youtube.com slash Gadion, listening to the entire full frame on youtube.com slash postmanongames. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Or being live here on twitch.tv slash Misha Postma. It's been, it's always fun. I think it's a, it's a lot of fun to do. And we, uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Oh, my God. I, I need time to play it more. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm 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 super... I need to get past the hand-holding part of the game because I'm getting angry. But I think I'm there now, so I can actually play the damn game. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Also, if you, if you want Xeno to play both the, um, the, 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 the Sword and Shield... Uh, go check out his Patreon and support him there. Patreon.com slash Casino Galeon. And if you want me to have another sandwich, um, go to my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Misha Postman. <laughs> I, I think you're kind of mis-selling my Patreon. But I think I totally get on board with the sandwich thing. Right. So thank you all very much for coming. And we will see. Oh, hiccups. We'll see you.